0: I'm Matthew McCleary. And I'm Mitchell McCleary. And this is Movies While They Sleep. The podcast from two brothers who watch movies and talk about them after their families have gone to bed. And on today's episode, it's the one you've all been waiting for, the talk of the summer. It's Barbenheimer, part one. That's right. We are looking at the summer's biggest movie news, and we're starting with Barbie. We're going to talk about it all, the experience of seeing these two movies, of Barbie in particular, our love for Greta Gerwig and everything uh, that she does here. We are excited to break it down. We've got a great episode and a great conversation already in progress. Let's jump in, Sleepyheads. Uh, It's weird times we're living in. I say that because it's the biggest movie weekend since Endgame, I guess. 2019. I
1: thought you were gonna mention the announcement of alien life <laughs> being prod, prodded away by the FBI.
0: It's crazy. Movies are, are doing well. It's really weird times. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I you know, boy, now is a now would be a really good time <laughs> to rewatch Nope or Asteroid City or Asteroid City. Nope, though. Came it, out. It, its thesis being so much related to spectacle and mm. distraction and. It, it, it is a non-human form. Um, okay. You know, in that in that, I literally saw conspiracy theory tweets saying Barbenheimer was a manufactured event meant to distract us from the aliens. is it everything? Everything is meant to distract us from the aliens?
1: Yeah. Oh, any current event or yeah. new story that comes out. But the aliens are meant to distract us from the economy? Maybe? I don't know. Let's say the economy
0: or the looming threat of nuclear war. Barbenheimer. Oh, boy. Yeah, we'll save that for the Oppenheimer pod, but you know, I the what I the weird part of what I was saying what I was getting at is this biggest movie weekend in like 4 or 5 years, right? And sure. and and just if you go, you can find different Twitter threads that kind of get into some of the statistics here. Like the 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 total uniqueness of the like two movies being released on the same day and then both doing like extraordinarily well and, and it's just kind of unheard of.
1: I think it's what movies need. I think movies need like sports, like the competition, yes, the battle. Yeah, totally, because okay. this was a battle.
0: But it wasn't. <laughs> it, it, it. I feel like for so many people and myself included, it was not a battle. It was like, oh, oh, I need to do both. I need to figure out how. Well, yeah, I need to that, figure out that, how to that,
1: do both. That's the beauty of it. It's a battle where you're, whatever team Everyone both wins. Both teams wins. Yes. Everyone wins here. But it is fun walking down the hallway, you know, repping your pink, and then you you cross the, you know, the pork pie hat and, <laughs> and, and suspender the game. chain smoking, you of uh, uh, up and You kind of have your West Side story moment. Yeah.
0: And uh, I, I don't know what you're. So, so we're talking about Barbenheimer. We both experienced both these films. Now, did you get to these in one day or you saw them both over the weekend
1: i saw i saw op Op-y yep thursday night and i saw barbie midday saturday, saturday, saturday okay. which was a weird time for me being who i am to go by myself oh yeah
0: sure to that movie and you you went to the to a late show thursday for oppenheimer
1: also a mistake but i also i went with a friend so that was a little you know
0: a a mistake and it was because it's long and you were tired that's a
1: long movie it's a long movie yeah so and the last hour uh, is not my fame well
0: you know we'll get to it yeah we'll get to it Um, so I went to the 9 o'clock I went to a 9 o'clock at an IMAX screen though not a 70 mil IMAX screen unfortunately but it was an IMAX screen nonetheless uh, on Thursday night for Oppenheimer and then Megan and I together saw Barbie at a 3.40 showing the next day so I like to say we that i was able to do it in a single 24 hour period um sure i think that's the other thing that movies need is
1: challenges mm-hmm. and, and like make, make them feats of, of strength of of you know athletic ability like can you see them both in yeah. the 24 hours yeah. can he do it yeah. oh what you only saw one
0: <laughs> it's like
1: dang it we gotta
0: go back out I, you know but this was my experience, and this was absolutely crazy to me. So Thursday night, I go to this theater, and and it's kind of one of the newer theaters in the Sacramento region. It's a big, you know, multiplex Regal chain, whatever. And this kind of massive shopping center. I mean, I mean just just enormous shopping center out in the middle of nowhere. So there's basically nothing around it yet. You know, it's like it's like one of those. Where it's just right. like, we're going to build this huge place, and then we're going to build houses here for the next twenty years, right? And there's a movie theater there. And it was a Thursday at 9 o'clock. And I'm used to going to movies around 9, 9.30 on my own. right? That's a, that's a mm-hmm. thing I do. And I could hardly find a parking spot. Yeah, that was the crazy. And was that your experience? Cr- yeah. I mean, my showing was similar. Yeah, like
1: 9, 9.15. And I had to run like half a mile oh, to from, get there yeah, on time. yes. Yeah, because I've never experienced the Reading parking lot semi-full.
0: Yeah. No, yeah. I mean and a Thursday night, no less. I mean it was totally packed. The theater was buzzing, right? Not just my screening, but the whole complex, and and every other store in the in the mall was closed because it was nine thirty on a Thursday. And my screening was totally full. And and I remember thinking about halfway through that movie, I did. Were these people expecting this? <laughs> <laughs> I, know.
1: I, I was expecting walkouts on Oppie Yeah. I w- okay. I wasn't expecting it, but once it started, I was like, "These people don't know what this is."
0: No. Yeah. 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 I
1: do. And especially the guy next to me. Oh uh, yeah. Because a- as I'm watching the geniuses of this time, yes, yes. try to solve the most important uh, problem the world has ever faced, truly, and you know potentially causing the destruction of the world even today. That's rough. As a direct result. But I'm seeing geniuses on display, yep. right? Yep. I'm seeing a guy learning Dutch in four or five yeah. weeks just so yeah. I can give it a presentation.
0: It was a real, like, 10th grade chemistry class bingo of who's who of scientists.
1: It, yeah, it was the MCU of <laughs> it was like, uh, quantum the, physics. you are just
0: naming people, and I'm like, I know that name, I know that name, like, I know dude, that, is that Is that Heisenberg?
1: Heisenberg? <laughs> oh, my God, they got him. Dude, you should have seen who came at the end credits. So while this spectacle... Of geniuses on display. The man next to me, fully wallied out with the, <laughs> the recliner, ha- has a big gulp coke. I can only assume it was a coke. And it is a two-hander. Oh my gosh. Like. Oh my gosh. He looks like a baby because babies need both hands to hold their bottle. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know. They can't they can't, you know, palm a, a cup yet. So he's got both hands and he refuses to look away from the screen. And so he's you know just brings it up but the best part is every single time he tries to put it back in the cup holder. He cannot find the cup holder. He is just rotating, He didn't want to miss a minute. Hovering. It's like scraping. Like that styrofoam scrape for for like way too long. Not able to find a cup holder and I'm seeing just like equation blackboards chalkboards full of equations of variables <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like you know this is this is humanity right here isn't it oh the whole breadth <laughs> the whole spectrum we can we contain multitudes truly
0: oh my gosh certainly we do that is an amazing. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> and I was just like, wow. I, I just was. Thinking, this is special, isn't it? I just yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so I was thinking this so much during this movie, and we, and we will talk about Oppenheimer and and get into the specifics. But but my takeaway was, was like, it is a wild thing. It is some magic trick that Christopher Nolan has played to get people to turn out like they did for, like. I mean, both these movies. Uh, oh, both the, these movies. Yes, but major tricks being played. Uh, totally we'll get to that in a second but like but the people like came out for like a lot of scientists in rooms and then (laughs) politicians in rooms talking about a scientist and and then like 15 really exciting minutes in the middle (laughs) look i know we're talking about i'm a lot higher on it than (laughs) you right one last thing go ahead
1: you should have seen okay we're all aware of the focus mode during a video game where it's like, okay, shoot, I'm losing, I need to focus. Oh, so you yeah. lean in, shoulders forward, right? So these recliners are back, and then all of a sudden, shoulders forward, because Florence Pugh has oh, arrived, and a row of dudes just lean in.
0: No. And I'm like,
1: my gosh.
0: Oh, my gosh. Not
1: even subtle. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's just like, and I would, I'd be lying if I didn't say I thought I saw a phone pop out. In this moment, I'm like, dude, no, what are we doing? No, no,
0: no. no. I was that truly was the I become death. The strangest part of that movie, the most unnecessary and 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 like so confusing to me, the choices that were made there. As as a cliffhanger for the Oppie episode, we won't say.
1: But that that was the moment I was like, huh. I uh, I don't know if this is gonna be for me, <laughs> but let's see. Still early. Okay. okay. So we do. We back both, to Barbenheimer. We
0: both did. What? Um. We both did Oppenheimer first. Oh yeah. Today in this episode, we're talking about our experience of the whole weekend, and then we're gonna give our extended thoughts on Barbie. So I saw Barbie the next day. You waited till Saturday, and and so I went to three forty showing. Went to a different theater again. Three forty on a Friday. I mean, it's, it's still the work day the The parking lot was absolutely packed. Friday it was the Barbie folks because it was all pink yep. everywhere. And Listen, the Barbie folks don't come out on a Thursday night. That that's the weird yeah. guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> dude, I'm gonna yeah. be the first one to see <laughs> Nolan's new movie. Dude, yeah. Inception is my favorite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> so you know, Friday uh, the pink was out. The, this this theater was buzzing. People were excited. People were taking their pictures in the Barbie box in the lobby. They're wearing the pink. Totally full screening again. Like, like it, it, we went on kind of a lark. We had, it was a super last minute, and I said, "Hey, I think we might have a babysitter available. I'm gonna buy these tickets because th- these are like this is the only screening in town that has tickets available right now. Mm-hmm. And if we don't get a babysitter, I'll just cancel it. But like this is this is like the weird scarcity of this stuff too. Like, right, I right. I cannot tell you the last time I people felt like they needed to see it. Oh, yes, I, I can't yeah. can't tell you the last time I. the last time i I gave any thought to i wonder if i'll get a ticket to this right um right and 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 there's still for because so sacramento is one of the 20 or so cities that has a real 70 millimeter equipped imax theater i I was looking just maybe going to see oppenheimer again on the 70 mil imax every show every show time between now and, and whenever their last one is in the middle of august is almost entirely booked out already and and like Wild. it's sacramento this is not a huge market either it, i mean it's just crazy to me Oppenheimer. <laughs> I, I know i know just i know kidding, you feel bad about
1: it
0: so we, yeah no so,
1: it's special i think yeah it's it's a good time to be a fan of the movies and you know what it's just gonna keep on rolling this year we still got some some monsters coming out well so. this is what
0: i was gonna say this is why i said it's such a weird time to be this is in stark contrast to our last episode. <laughs> oh uh, yes, but also then what has happened since then, which is now we're we're in the middle of a writers and screen actors guild strikes. Right, and the a lot of talk show hosts are doing podcasts now. And the the effects of that, I think we're going to are going to become very very apparent in the coming weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're, we're already feeling that a little bit and I'll tell you just personally, one of our, uh, in, our in my home, one of our favorite summer staples is a uh, big brother uh, starting its 25th season this summer, but normally that would have started about a month ago. Are there writers on that show? <laughs> no, there's no writers. No, no, it would have started a month ago, but they held off their, they're starting it in August and they've extended the length of the season so it will run into their fall schedule. <laughs> Listen, we don't have movies or TV shows. Because they don't have, shows, TV shows. don't have TV shows. Listen, you guys are staying in this house. <laughs> <laughs> They've extended it This was it supposed beyond... to be
1: like three months. Yeah, now it's six. They've
0: extended it beyond 100 days. And <laughs> and they air episodes three times a week. And so basically, like the CBS, so fall schedule, fall. <laughs> CBS fall schedule right now is Big Brother three times a week. NCIS classics, like good ep- old episodes of NCIS. Blue Bloods just, classic. I mean, it's just like reruns. Things uh, are working. Yeah, oh yeah, totally. Right? ABC's got their, their strike-proof schedule that's basically all game shows. I think that might be a, the catchphrase for the pod. Things uh, are working. Yeah. <laughs> we said that last time. <laughs> Looking at what was available to watch. So, you know, we're feeling that. But then we, we've also, you know, uh, I think what we're going to see more and more of is There have already been a couple of high-profile movies that were slated to premiere in the fall that are now being removed from the schedule because the actors will not be able to promote these movies. and Because that's part of the strike conditions is the actors are not promoting films. Barbie and Oppie just slipped in. And there was some actual kind of cynical take in that there was kind of some under-agreement... Like kind of let's push the strike as long as possible to get past this weekend, right? And, and basically, the strike went into effect like days before, after all the premieres and everything. Or, or, well, didn't didn't the Oppenheimer- yes, yeah, so it was basically at the Oppenheimer <laughs> premiere where the Dude, strike. has gotta be
1: pissed. He's like first tenant now. <laughs> oh this is <my> <laughs> like the premiere. Let's nah, do it right now. Well,
0: <laughs> as a director, he's still allowed to do things, and that's why you're seeing a lot of interviews with him. Is mm. is because he. Yeah. the director's guild is not on strike. And so he's now, and and he always was the face of this movie. And and so it's kind of worked out for them. You know, there was a, there was a clip going around um, the other night, Greta Gerwig had like crashed a a screening of Barbie at the Alamo draft house in LA and kind of just intro the movie and thank people for coming out to it. And basically all the comments on this video were were like, she's crossing a picket line. Like, (laughs) and, and, and because she's a member of the writer's guild, right? She wrote this movie. Right. Uh, but in that moment, she's functioning as a, as the I'm director, in my director right, form, yeah, like right, <laughs> and it's like okay. But movies are being removed from the schedule, you know. As, and I think especially some movies that are a little more dependent on their stars to promote them, because how do you how do you promote? I mean, right? I mean, that's how that's how movies have been promoted for ages. They do the press junkets, they do the talk shows, they do the late night shows, yeah. right? And so you're not going to get any of that, and. Meanwhile, there's just a doubling down of, like, we'll starve them. We'll wait uh, yes, them out. yes, yes. I mean, AI so it's just, here. Gosh, I will tell you, I I listened to an interview. I was listening to a podcast, and, and and it's a separate thing. But two of the three guys on the podcast, they are in the Writers Guild, and they're currently striking. Uh, they used to work for The Daily Show, but they were just talking about like the kind of financial realities here, and they, and they said they they have a friend who is a writer and who's a, sh- a showrunner where they're not directing every episode but they're the ones guiding the creative vision. So so right, we we, we think of like the best TV shows, we think of the those showrunners, right? And and so they've a friend who's a showrunner and he he's, he's been a showrunner on a on a pretty popular and well-regarded award-winning show. And mm-hmm. and basically his take-home pay is 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 like between $40 and $50,000. And that's it. Like and, and, and that's what he does for, like, that's when he makes a season of a show. It takes him a year to do it. Like, that's his annual salary. And they live in L.A. Psychotic. Like, and they have yeah. to live in L.A., right? Like, so, so I think when we, we're talking about the strike, like, people think of these, these the very, like, top 1% of right, right. actors titles, and writers. Hollywood, You know, yeah. they're making all this money. But, like, this is, like, the, you know, in this example, it's the person who is guiding the vision of a popular show that is winning awards and, and, and right. Part of his money is going towards agents and management and representation, but right. That's a system he has to exist in. And, 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 and like, that's not enough money to support a family in Los Angeles. Right. Like, and it's helped me really demystify some of these things. and, And, and it's just so like, I don't know, it's just sort of wild to me, right? Because you don't think about that. You just think, well, you're television, right? You must make a lot of money. So we're on strike. We're the, the movie slate for the rest of the year seems to be um, falling apart. Uh, I mean, we'll probably still get Killers of the Flower Moon and Dune Part 2. So we've got some good stuff coming. But who knows? Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, Dune even, it, was some, it, it seems like they've really firmly said that the release date is a release date on Dune. It's not going to change. But, I, I mean, just... Yeah. This is, you know, you, you, if you're if you're Warner Brothers, you want Timothy Chalamet and Zendaya out talking about Dune Two, and and just a weird time for movies, and 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 I worry about the lessons that people are going to learn from Barbenheimer. Already, we're seeing Mattel very, very clearly, say, like Mattel executives saying, "We want our own MCU," basically, oh, yeah, like I saw that. And, and like the, the list it's of like, like guys. <laughs> You just got through this. Like, by the skin of your teeth. I oh, know, I know, I know. You want to keep, you want to run it back. The list of properties on the Mattel uh, Cinematic mm-hmm. Universe includes Uno, and. That's going to be horrible. <laughs> it was announced today that uh, Lena Dunham, the. Uh... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lena Dunham is apparently uh, slated to direct Polly Pocket. Uh, <laughs> which sounds like my worst nightmare you No, know, it literally
1: sounds like okay let's what if just take let's do a mad lib of barbie like where it's not barbie but you fill in something else and it has to be a Mattel toy. And it is, has to is, be a writer director yeah, yeah. and you're like what is this monstrosity you're trying to recreate
0: this is this is vulture today Lily Collins is going to be starring as Polly Pocket. Lena Dunham's Polly Pocket movie is a go. Yeah, incredible stuff. Yeah, so, you know, I and to be clear, it's not like Polly Pocket is some spur-of-the-moment thing Mattel just reached for after Barbie started making money. The company has been planning this wide-ranging push into theaters for years, having tapped Dunham to write and direct a film about a pocket-sized woman way back in 2021. The great quote... Uh, comes from a conversation Variety recently conducted with Mattel Films' Robbie Brenner about a whole slate of projects. It's not even remotely the oddest thing Brenner said during this conversation, in which uh, she also gave quick check-ins on Daniel Kaluuya's Big Purple Barney movie, quote, more of a being John Malkovich or an adaptation. J.J. Um, Abrams' hot Daniel wait- Kaluuya? Yeah, Daniel Kaluuya— I don't know if he's directing or starring as the uh, Purple Dinosaur Barney. J.J. Abrams is making a Hot Wheels movie. Quote. okay, okay. 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 (laughs) No, no, I got one more. It's even better. Quote, on the Hot Wheels movie, quote, real emotion and real stakes in it. The Vin Diesel starring Rock'em Sock'em Robots, quote, Vin is excited. Okay. I've had enough. <laughs> nope, I got one more for you. And of course, the Magic Eight Ball movie, probably a PG 13 thriller. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, uh, she's, tragically, she somehow failed to give a quote about the studio's actual plans for an Uno movie. So there you go. Tragically. <laughs>
1: I don't think Mattel realizes how extraordinarily lucky they were with Margot Robbie and Greta Gerwig. I
0: they no, I think we're learning the the absolute uh, wrong lessons here.
1: Uh, actually, that will sell. That's selling quite well. <laughs> oh,
0: <laughs> this is so. This was my like to me. This was my big takeaway. And Barbie's a Barbie's in a weird space. I mean, both of these, right? Because because I think people are really excited to point out that these are neither of these movies are sequels. They're not franchises. They're not. You know, these big intellectual property things. Except it's still Barbie, right? It's still one of the most identifiable toy brands in history. And then Oppenheimer is is still like the Christopher Nolan brand. Like, that's being sold. But I do still think there is something here of like, the movies are good. I I actually think that's the important part. (laughs) Like, they both were like, which is good. All right. Right. Even you're more mixed on Oppenheimer, but like. Yeah,
1: no, sorry. I'm just so annoyed by what you were just saying. <laughs> I, I'm in a bad mood now. <laughs> um. <laughs> what if we took Mighty Beans? <laughs> but. <laughs> it's truly really incredible. It's like we bought a Zoom mixed with Mighty Beans. <laughs> Are you telling me th- there's a <laughs> percent chance that we bought a zoo? <laughs> <laughs> Do you see that one? I know what it says. <laughs> That's uh whatever Matt Damon says in Oppenheimer. Are you telling me there's a oh, X percent yeah, chance, yeah, chance see they'll that, blow that up the world <laughs> <laughs> that, we, that we bought a
0: zoo? <laughs> <laughs> I I'm all excited. I mean, for for the first time in since since early 2019, it seems like movies—the thing that we love and care about—are back at the center of culture. Everyone is talking about it. I was at our church's family camp this week, and I want to say something more about that in a second. I was at our church's family camp this week. You know, I was I was talking to other folks, that, um, and and these are people who. Are, one guy he said like I I don't know anything about I don't know what's coming out I don't know anything about movies, but I have heard nothing but stuff about Barbie and Oppenheimer for for three weeks. Right, this penetrated in a way that I think is kind of astounding. You and could never recreate it. No, no, no. The
1: perfection of black and white versus pink. It's amazing. Is so profound. And they're gonna try. They're like, let's do the new Star Wars movie on the same day as
0: Uno, the Lord of the Rings <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 show. Yeah. <laughs> oh I mean, my God, am I bored? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Seriously, I mean, just I, there was I just. There was such an excitement, such a buzz, and I think it's like persisting even now, and people are excited about these movies. Yeah, it's I, once in a decade. Yeah, moment. It's just amazing. Sure. I I'm just I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled about it, and we will, you know, it it it's as if Oppenheimer truly is death destroyer of worlds. With the lessons that may be learned from this weekend, Whew, we'll see. Let's uh, put Killian's
1: glassy eyes on the shelf for now. Yeah, and and jump into the. Uh, Techna Barbie colored world we got before us. Uh,
0: so, uh, do you want to talk about? Because your... we will
1: be doing this is Oppenheimer yeah. part one. Yeah. And unlike most people that saw Oppenheimer first and then did a cool down with Barbie, we will be discussing Barbie first. And a second episode will be coming yes. for Oppie.
0: Uh, talking about Barbies, what is your um, relationship to Barbie?
1: <laughs> you know, I heard this comment a lot. Interviews you know the internet twitter whatever but it's it's in, it's in the trailer or it's in the marketing of you know, this movie is, if you love barbie and if you hate barbie but i heard a lot of comments of like i actually don't have a lot of association with it just know it exists but you know we didn't it's have certainly in our house. a
0: ubiquitous brand
1: sure little to no association truly mhm you know it was a toy we did not have in the house yeah but i was very aware it existed cuz i watched a lot of cartoon network and nickelodeon so marketed to me endlessly
0: it is amazing to me i think that the the culture shaping uh, power of commercials in the 90s uh, for uh, basically a whole generation of people because there are so many things that we didn't have just because we had other things it's insane how much we watched because
1: you know abel will ask to see a photo of a trained snowplow on my phone Mm -hmm. and i'll show him one (laughs) and then it is a half hour of I need, <laughs> it, it's the, it's the, it's the Kendall meme, but if, if I don't get this, uh, that's it for me, uh, I think I'll die, it is that level of, I need to see more snowplow trains, and snowplow train toys, uh-huh. uh, Yeah, and yeah. just let me look at a man, <laughs> And like that's his mood, and it, oh it my like gosh. like the look Sarah gives me when like you let him look at snowplow train <laughs> toys on your phone, because it, it's the next two hours for her. I'll oh, go yeah. back upstairs and to do my job. Yeah, I work from home. Yeah, and it's two hours yeah. of him. And I just think like how was that not the case when you're just endlessly conveyor belted ads as kids? But you know what? I think a big part of it is. Because two seconds later the show's on, and you're like, yeah, okay, a TV show. Yeah, the delivery Abel- system
0: was so different. Yeah. yeah, it's like
1: he sees that, and it's like, and now I ask him to go back to his world of yeah blocks. Yeah, yeah,
0: for sure, you for know. sure. Make a game yeah. outside. Yeah, it was distraction upon distraction for us. Right. Yeah. So I, was, I mean, yeah, I obviously, hat on a hat. Very, very aware of Barbie. I and I will tell you. So this is my relationship. I think we, we share this. This is my kind of disclaimer about my feelings about Barbie the film. I am a thirty-something millennial who grew up in Sacramento and still lives here. I went so like
1: to, your fate's locked in for this.
0: I, I, I also spent a good amount of time in my life at a religious school, not not a all-girls Catholic school. She has you. Uh, so so you so, are owned yeah. by Greta Gerwig. So <laughs> so, so so yes. <laughs> Basically yes. This is this is how I feel about Greta But I was thinking about her the other day, and and I and I do remember I watched Frances Ha the year it came out. I had no idea who she was. I I didn't know she was from Sacramento. I remember right. watching the movie and like all of a sudden she was flying. You know, home. there's a certain innateness for
1: people from
0: mm-hmm, and living in Sacramento. Mm-hmm, yeah. That's
1: it's it, it, you know it's you not just easily know, yeah. described. Yeah. Well, but we know
0: when we see it mm-hmm. and when we hear it. Mm-hmm. But in in Francis Ha, all of a sudden the movie like she flies to Sacramento and it's like things I recognized in the film, and and so that was my introduction to her. But not I didn't have that background of I knew all these things about her, and I li- I really like I love Francis Ha. It's a great movie, right? So, and she didn't direct it. She wrote that with Noah Baumbach, and he he directed, and she's the star of it. So so I had this background of her, but but for for a couple of years I mostly knew her as. The person they were going to make the How I Met Your Mother spinoff with, because they filmed a pilot, oh, How I Met goodness. Your How I Met Your Father, and Greta was oh. gonna be the star of that show. Man, sometimes
1: things just work out
0: for the best. Yeah, I yeah, you're telling me. I am just what we have versus what we could not have had It's just astounding. So, yes, I am deep in on Greta Gerwig. It's like she's got me. It it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter what she makes. Yeah. And it's over. And so when I first heard she was directing Barbie, I would say, I I think my first reaction, if I remember, was like, wow, that's weird. But she's amazing. Can't
1: wait. My first reaction wasn't even weird. I'm like, it's going to be amazing. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yes, yes. My first reaction was, this is going to be amazing. And then I think I spent the last six months lowering my expectations because the reality sets in a little bit of like, okay, well, she she can't, she can't always give us near perfection. Au contraire, mon (laughs) frère. You know, you can't always keep delivering. And it's, it's, and Mattel's really involved. And I remember seeing the trailers and there were parts of the trailers that I found to be so perfect and charming and everything I wanted. And then there would be like, cut to Will Ferrell as a Mattel exec. And I'm like, this is, this is giving me pause, right? So it kind of had lowered my expectations. And then the first reviews were coming in, it was sitting at about 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. And I just breathed a big sigh of relief. And I kind of settled in right there. And I'll tell you, I was sitting in this movie theater last week, just overcome by how good this movie is.
1: Yeah, the, mo- the most annoying thing about Barbie was the people leading up to it being like, it's a Barbie movie? I'm yes! Like, no. It's, it's
0: Greta week. Who's that? I know. I know. Dude, why am I talking to you? I know. So, so the fun thing for me this week, I was at our church's annual family camp and, um, they've been doing it for, you know, 40 something years. Always been at this place, Mission Springs. It's this camp up in the Redwoods above Santa Cruz. And we, we go down to Santa Cruz every day, down to the beach, you know, super fun time, all families, you know, kids, adults, everything about three or four weeks ago. Um, one of my coworkers, who's who's been going to these family camps for almost her whole life, she found this this picture in, in some memories of old family camps from the 80s of her and a young girl with a big name tag that said Greta Gerwig. <laughs> and you've seen the picture. I sent it to you.
1: This is going to be the pod's claim to fame. We could <laughs> somehow... Yeah, you sent me a picture and it's... It's literally what it's, you just described. Yeah, it is actually Greta Gerwig. It, and it's actually her. As and, a child and, at this family camp that you are now a pastor of.
0: And, and I started asking people around, and they were like, oh, I, I knew her parents. They were my neighbors. They lived down the street from me, which is which is maybe a three-minute walk from my office. Like, right. like the house that, that Greta grew up in is literally a three-minute walk from my office. Okay? So she, she attended our church's family camp once during the 80s, whatever, and 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 then she attended St. Francis High School, which is like a five-minute drive from my office, right? Like I'm now – like having – for the last year and a half since I've um, had this position at this church, working in East Sacramento, which is like Greta's world, right? Um It is, it is, I even watched, I rewatched Lady Bird recently and it was an entirely new experience to me. I mean, I recognized a lot of things in that movie the first few times I'd seen it, but like the walk up burger shack that is a three minute walk from my office is like close up on this, you know, sign in, in Lady Bird, right? Like that's her world. So I was really thrilled uh, that Barbie came out this week when I was at the family camp and I'm telling, you know, we're talking about Barbie all week with, uh, over meals and I'm saying, you know, Joe, Yo, she attended this thing that we're at, um, our little church. Uh, it's just amazing to me. I'm trying to figure out how to leverage this photo and into she, the problem is she's some she, sort of
1: exposure she, for the pod. This
0: problem is she's not really on social media. Uh, ah, yeah. So it's not like I could DM too busy her yeah.
1: writing and, and you spending your time. Well, it I know, me crazy. I know,
0: I know these people. So all that to say, this is my relationship with Greta. And, you know, I I, I say like pretty seriously to people that she's one of probably top five working active filmmakers for me. I I, I have no issue. I'm very confident in that assertion. Right. And 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 this movie like really blew me away. Like, do I think do I love it as much as Lady Bird? I, I probably not. Right. But but it blew me away. I want to talk about what kind of what this movie is. A little bit, because I think there's a lot of confusion about this, right? I mean, so so it, we should say like Barbie is insanely successful already. This absolutely enormous opening weekend of $160 million, right? Um, the statistic I had seen that I think is just amazing and Greta making Sacramento proud. Um, if you... Because it's like the 26th highest opening weekend of all time something i don't know if that's exactly right but if you take away sequels then it is the fifth highest opening weekend of all time the four movies that are higher than it are uh, three mcu movies but not sequel mcus okay so it goes so, so I, you know what i would still count basically sequels i would still count the original avengers and black panther and whatever the other one is i would still kind of count those as sequels right Right. So that's three of the – oh, excuse me. It's, uh, oh, it's two two MCU movies. Um, and then the other two that are ahead of Barbie are um, the Lion King live-action remake and the Beauty and the Beast live-action remake, which uh, I know how you feel about those, and they're, they're not very good. Um, again, not technically sequels, but like not not sequels, okay? So to me, it, it is an extraordinary thing. She's got the highest opening weekend for a female director in history. And if somebody said to you what what's the Barbie movie not what it's about like but like what kind of movie is it what would you say I mean, first
1: thing I think is like a surrealist comedy but yeah. obviously there's so much more to it and there's such a depth of film appreciation that mm. she she has a way of being genreless with this movie because mm. it's pulling on a wide spectrum oh, totally like a uh, i mean even the references to some of the mattel stuff with playtime have you seen playtime Mm-mm. it, it it's like this? it's like lynch level weird you know mm-hmm. but it's about an office like or not it's not about an office but like takes place in an office setting mm-hmm. but some of the like mattel cubicles oh oh were, like, yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah totally to totally yeah but you can go I mean, on boy, youtube that and look weird at her.
0: surrealist world that she's created at the mattel headquarters yeah.
1: I mean, you can go on YouTube and watch her letterbox interview yeah, where she yeah. lists 30 some yeah. films that she's pulling on. Yeah. And so it, a feeling that I had something that I was experiencing during the movie. While I am a 30 year old man who chose a seat that's right in the middle. Like I chose the perfect seat, yeah. but it was also the only seat left because everyone else has a crowd and it was just a sea of pink and women ranging from young to old. And, um, the 13-year-old sitting next to me was very vocal about her thoughts on some of the more misogynistic
0: characters. Okay, great. The Kens.
1: Maybe, maybe not so quite in on the jokes.
0: <laughs> That's an issue. I want to talk about this. <laughs> um, and her mom kept shushing her like, stop. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This is crazy. She was like,
1: I want to slap him. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Anyway, it, but it was great. You love to see it. You love to see people at the movies. Um, but a feeling that I kept having, especially with her, um, you know, observations being vocalized throughout the film yes. was, man, what the hell is this thing? Yeah. Because at times it feels very young, mm. almost like, should I be watching this young? Mm-hmm. And then like a second later, it is a searing inside mm-hmm. baseball observation or joke. Yeah. They were like, dude. <laughs> Like, I told you this over the phone, but the, the sense that I kept, like, going back to was like, dude, this is Shakespeare. Yeah. Because I don't know anything about Shakespeare, but the idea, which I learned from Little Women, mm-hmm. is Shakespeare. She talks about this, right? Joe talks yeah. about this, yeah. Or, not Joe, but the... Um, oh, the
0: the, the professor?
1: Yeah, yeah, how he slips in his ideas and, and worldview and commentary yeah. on the world yeah, that's into right. his, like, pop writing, yeah. you know?
0: So Boy, it's, it's amazing because like, that conversation is in is in Little Women. Like Greta wrote that,
1: yeah, literally. Uh, and then she goes to Barbie and is like, "All right, here's the most pop of all pop, plastic pink yes. candy." And then I'm just Trojan horsing so many ideas and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so and, many conflicting ideas. Yes, and I think and that's there's part of like the Trojan the horses movie. within Trojan horses yeah. because. On one end, you have the Ben Shapiro's reacting to, oh, the patriarchy, oh, th- th- this movie hates men, uh, uh, feminism has destroyed the modern woman. <laughs> you have that extreme, and then you have the extreme of like, that's right, men are done, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. and the which movie is, is what saying, I heard a lot of in-
0: <laughs> the movie is saying neither of these things, right?
1: <laughs> like, I mean the. Mo- the movie perfectly sums it up at one point by saying, like, you know, things like patriarchy and feminism, you know, these are phrases that we invented to help us, like, deal yes. with how difficult life yes. can be, Yes. Know, and, and it's, uh, oh. how to reconcile some of these things. Yeah. But they don't, we made these things up. And it's yes. like the elderly grandma who invented the toy who's dishing out this wisdom. But uh, who, by the way, is like
0: to... the perfect analogy to the Oracle in the Matrix movies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and like literally to the point where she is wandering through like what seems like an endless white hallway like mm-hmm. Neo does. And she just you are the one r- if you want to be r- kind of. <laughs> randomly goes through a door, finds this beautiful old like apartment style kitchen set up like the Oracle. And, and I was it's one of my there. favorite shots of the movie. I, I, oh, it's amazing. And I was sitting there like, oh, this is this is Greta doing the Matrix, and then when Barbie leaves to run away, she opens the door and there's like beads hanging there, and that's that's like totally like ripped from oh, yeah. that scene in the Matrix. I mean, the perfect. agents are chasing her. Yes, yes, the yes suited yes, agents. Yes, yeah.
1: sorry, because she's like become aware. Yes, become sentient. Yes,
0: yes. I mean, literally Barbie leaving her Matrix that is Barbie Land into the mm-hmm. real world. Right? It, it's just to. to, to I'm not guessing. This is an allusion to the Matrix. I'm right. confident that it is. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, no,
1: but the the way she plays everyone like a fiddle here. She plays the red pill dudes who are gave some them rage fodder to yeah. react to on the internet, which is like a whole genre of the internet, like rage baiting people and yep. reacting. Yep. And then she gives the like post-feminism uh, yeah. Which is how I heard Margot Robbie actually talk about this movie, where it's mm-hmm. like the Barbie world is like post-feminist. It's like, <laughs> it's like, the, what, it's, like <laughs> it's like, oh, men are lowly and treated terribly, yes, and mostly ignored, and women are in these places of power, yeah. and yeah. like they don't want that to change. It's like, no, that's not equal. Yeah. Yep. But people like think uh, that's right. Yeah. Bar- Barbie rules the world here. Yeah. And she's she's pleasing, or at least like giving. Material for both these people, and then the people in between her, like maybe a little bit more in on the joke, are like, I get to be in on the joke and see mm-hmm, what you're doing, mm-hmm. and everyone's happy. It's yeah. like, my god,
0: except Ben Shapiro,
1: he didn't seem happy. Uh, I, he's probably pretty happy with the amount of views that video is <laughs> raking in. That's true. Like, dude, these guys love having stuff like that to
0: react to. Uh, you know what? Actually, that's a pretty fair point. I, yeah. I mean it, dude, yes. what would
1: what would Ben Shapiro do with his time if there weren't Barbie movies? Yeah, that's if there a good point. weren't little mermaids to be like, "Oh, society." It's like, dude, <laughs> if society was more conservative, these guys would be just like a drop in the bucket and
0: have very little audience. Because so much of I mean it is true and I think even the movie kind of is interested in interrogating this. So much of our our culture right now is about division and about mm-hmm. like how do we continue to fuel the you know kind of modern polarized political industrial complex Every everything is fodder for culture war. I just learned about patriarchy. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe he says, "I just learned patriarchy." (laughs) That's so good. That's my new Twitter (laughs) (laughs) bio. Okay, so I think you summed up this. I think you summed this up really, really well. I think something that struck me uh, about five minutes into the movie, for two separate reasons, is actually I don't know if I was expecting this, but it kind of caught me off guard. Was just how funny the movie is. Mm -hmm. Like this is. Pretty straight-ahead comedy. That well, let me tell you, people were not laughing at the jokes I were
1: laughing at in I, the theater.
0: And I will tell you, I had the same experience to the point where, okay, and is, as
1: the only man in the theater, I'm like, yeah, is this okay?
0: It's a, and part of me wonders, is it is it our age? Like, because I think Greta, it's gotta be. Like, like I think Greta Gerwig is like so is, is she is like the patron saint of millennial filmmakers right like mm-hmm. she is us and she just she's a couple years older than both of us right um she she she's megan's age so so megan and i are sitting there the, the, it opens with this incredible homage to 2001 mm-hmm. and the helen murren narration about how sad it was that little girls only had baby dolls to play with and being a mom is is tiring and you can only do that for so long and and like we're laughing at this cuz that was clearly a or joke like pl- play being yeah yeah this is funny and then yeah. and then barbie shows up and it's funny okay right and then the music kicks in and the barbie logo hits and then it's this incredible lizzo song that is introducing us to barbie land right and how great is it
1: that in 2001 the bone we just watched this movie yeah. the bone turns into a bomb right? Yes. Yeah. 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 I know. It's so great. And first of all, yeah. Oppenheimer. Yeah. Second of all, what are we saying about Barbie? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Seriously. <laughs> it's like, she's, uh,
0: I'm like roasting you guys on so many levels, yeah. yep. but
1: I also appreciate you yes. guys on so many yes. levels. Yes. It's like,
0: yes, dude. yes, yes. So, so, um, so then it goes, cuts to this Lizzo song. It becomes the opening credits and our introduction to Barbie land. Right. And it, I mean, it, sure. and, and it's, I'm dying laughing. Like, I think it's all supposed to be funny. It's the Barbie saying hi, Barbie, hi, Barbie. It's Barbie waking up, going right. down her slide, and it, it's supposed to go into a pool, but then she just stands up and walks because there's not actually water in Barbie Land. Right. It's or yeah, trying the, to take a shower. Trying to take a and shower, and there's no water. See, water. See, I'm laughing at that, and people are just I'm stone faced. Stone, like, stone faced. Nobody's laughing. Yeah. I thought, and Megan and I were both like crying, laughing at this point. So then this 16-year-old girl, or whatever, how old, or ever old she was, who's sitting next to me, okay, I, I kid you not, this is, the Lizzo song is still playing, okay, I think it was about the moment where Barbie got her toast, when the toast, fr- the bread from the toaster just popped perfectly under her plate, and then the plastic mold of butter landed on it, Right. and I'm like dying laughing, because that's that's right. so funny, okay, and I was not expecting this kind of, the heart-shaped not, yeah. toast. Yes, 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 okay. And the 16-year-old grumpy girl next to me turns to me and said, can you please stop laughing so much? <laughs> I could not believe this. And I and I, I thought for a second. I just started laughing. I mean, I kind of laughed at her. Uh, <laughs> you know what you should have started doing? You're like, all right, I'll just start crying now. <laughs> she's like, you're laughing to bug me. I know it. (laughs) Megan looked at me like, what did she say to you? I said, she told me to stop laughing, which made my wife laugh. And then I finally turned to this girl and I said, you know, this is very funny what we're watching. You could choose to enjoy this.
1: (laughs) She just leaves, And
0: she did not crack a smile the entire run of this movie. I mean, you're like you don't get of This do you. <laughs> this was such a gift to me. Okay, and then and, and like the two friends she was with were both wearing all pink. <laughs> She's like, thanks for mansplaining <laughs> comedy to us. <laughs> I guess I did. Alan, <laughs> I mean, I, 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 you know, there are parts of the movie that are not funny by design, but it kind of kind of takes like like kind of that heartful serious turns right, but mm-hmm. but for the most and part, v- effortlessly
1: switches gears uh, Okay, Oh, in, into like the power of Greta is her sincerity to me because this movie could have so easily become like a free guy sort of thing oh yeah where it's so winky and it's so self-aware that it it makes you hate it yep because they're like being self-aware is not enough yep and if anything great you're as bitter as I am uh, what like yeah what, what are we doing here yeah but the way she's able to weave sincerity and like heart, it, it it's effortless, and I'm like reminded of that, yeah. And how rare it is to see that in yep. any movie, at least any movie that is, especially this world or this genre, yeah. Because I mean, we get sincerity with you know some of the indie stuff all the time, right? like past lives, so like, right? Yeah, yeah, so sure, it's an indie exactly. Movie, yeah. But like a big budget, IP comedy. It's. I know it's more than a comedy, but yeah, yeah, you know, for lack of a better yeah, term, yeah, it's like it, they just don't do that. No, they're unable to. You know, it's like she is such a special person to be able to meld those worlds together. They're, they're and like like and switch within beats. You know, in
0: seconds, uh, there are a yeah. couple of moments that I that I think are worth highlighting in this regard. Uh, you know, one is the bus stop scene. So this is right. now Barbie's in the real world, because that's... I mean, so the first first half hour, 40 minutes of the movie in Barbie Land, to me, is just just near perfection. Setting up how these characters, like, are, are little rules for this play world. Yeah, and, and I'm, I like, I, I don't think it is an overstatement to say, like, people in charge of the art direction and the costumes will undoubtedly be nominated for Oscars, and if they are not... I think that is shut it down yeah I mean that would be such a, a shame and, and like could could honestly win because they're like the flash <laughs> oh my gosh but but like, like what else you, is even you, out there? you listen to what Greta the way Greta talks about it like she called up Peter Weir the director of the Truman Show to ask him mm-hmm. like how right. like I want to capture the feeling of the town that you all built right and basically like and Peter Weir for that they filmed a lot of that outdoors but they used the same kind of lighting that they would use on a on a on a stage um, set. Yeah. And and so Greta was it, Greta filmed a lot of Barbie Land, most of Barbie Land, in, in an actual set that they built in on a studio stage, right? On a sound stage. Um, yeah. And so it has that effect purposefully, right? So I loved it. And then they go to the real world, which I think is... Well, even
1: one last thing in the production design, I read a thing that it was like Barbies in relation to the Dreamhouse compared to what normal proportions. Yes. It's like 30% bigger than yeah. she should be. Yeah and so they designed the set that way so it feels Yep, like, like all the barbies are a little closer to the, the ceiling if they had just made a normal house and painted it pink yeah y- you'd be like okay cool yep no nope. but it wouldn't feel as nope. as playful
0: it's i've heard of the they they had kind of um, choreographers helping all the actors give them training on how to move their bodies whenever they were Because when she goes down the slide, I thought they sliced in, like, a miniature of
1: a Barbie. Yeah. Like, going down. Because it was so... I was like, oh, is she going to play with that,
0: too? No. No. Unreal. Yep. Unreal. Yep. I also think, uh, based on the trailers, the Kate McKinnon character was one of the worrisome spots for me. And the actual execution of Weird Barbie pretty, perf- pretty perfect. Yeah.
1: I mean, and even the worst jokes in the movie are in the trailer, which is yeah. great. Yeah. It does the reverse. It's like, yes, usually trailers just show the only funny moments. No, that, that's um, absolutely The trailer right. did a gr- a great job of setting you up for like literally the first 40 minutes is all in the
0: trailer yeah. too. Yeah. I loved the way that they promoted this because, and, and I was totally shocked by how much I like enjoyed every time Weird Barbie was on screen. Kate McKinnon is yeah. brilliant, and and I think we take that for granted, right? Okay, she I think. For a couple years, moved into like the Christian wig zone of a little over. Right, you think she's gonna come in and be
1: like, "I'm wacky," yeah, and that's it. It's like, oh, there's sincerity with her character as well. Yep,
0: yep. I mean, like, wow, and still really funny. But okay, so the moments that I want to talk to once she's once Barbie's in the real world, there are a couple of moments where she just moves so quickly into sincerity. One is the bus stop moment where she's just sitting next to an older woman, and it's apparently a scene that Greta really had to fight for. There's a lot of headlines. Because um, people said this scene doesn't add anything. it doesn't matter, but for her, this really matter where Barbie turns to this older woman and says, "You're so beautiful, right mm-hmm. And the older and the woman says, "I know <laughs> and that's the exchange that's the scene. and like moved to tears right because of the sincerity of this that you just don't really see anymore that's a, that's a mm-hmm. there's nothing cynical about it. there's nothing sarcastic about it it's I mean it's twenty seconds. and yeah. then Ken walks back into the frame being a doofus. And you're back to laughing, right It's so quick. Don't walk too far. I won't. <laughs> okay, put a pin in that, right Because that's incredible. Yep. Um, yep. And then and then the other moments that I, a couple others, but the, the flashbacks to the America Ferreira her, as the mom and her daughter character playing with their Barbie yep. dolls and and, and, and like. Like that could have been the cheesiest, dumbest, yeah. like and Toy it's Story two line. The and, and, way it's yes. shot, like it is shot, very like it's. Um, it reminds like a me. Commercial or something. It reminds yeah. me of the Jesse the doll flashbacks in Toy Story two. Right. Like right. everything's like almost, almost like she she plays with the color grading on it too. Right. Like so right. so it's a little less saturated. Right. All this stuff, and but but she does it with such sincerity and brevity. I think is is really that like even those are like kind of really move me emotionally especially the second one where you realize like this is a mom and daughter thing moves me emotionally and then um and so those are good examples i think of what you're describing but then there's another example this is not sincerity but like the sharpness that she's able to inject a lot of uh, a lot into what she does which is when barbie and ken first get into the real world they're in santa monica they're rollerblading and ken is loving it because he's getting a lot of attention and Barbie is realizing there's something wrong here and she said everyone is staring at me and the line is and this was in your letterbox review the line is they're staring at me with undertones of violence right, right. and and like my immediate reaction was like that's a funny line. That's funny, and then I was like, "Oh no, that's real." I see what right. she's doing, and Ken's oh, like, "I've got no undertones." Yeah, yes, 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 <laughs> this and is it's amazing. Right back to this funny, but but she she is so able. She's able to so quickly signal to you, "This is what's happening. This is what this is yeah. going to be now," and yeah. and I was not expecting that. I was not expecting that that sharpness to that critique, mm-hmm. and she just is so nimble in her writing. It's extraordinary. Yeah, there there was a
1: few moments of that like meta analysis from Barbie that lost me a couple times. Okay, where you know I we were talking about this a little bit over the phone, but and we'll talk about it more with like the big speech later. But I felt like with this and Oppenheimer, there was like just a tad like wordiness. Mm. Yeah, to both films. Yeah, that it felt like. Like it was so rapid paced, but maybe it didn't need to be yeah. the whole movie. Yeah. Along with that Trojan horse thing that we were talking about, it felt like maybe she there was moments that had to be explained with those jokes that maybe weren't super necessary. But then you look at the like the 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 breadth of the audience, and you're like, yeah. okay, they do they do need explaining. Yeah. Because I yeah I heard there were moments that people were like utterly confused by. Really. That, you know. Yeah. Like the whole I I thought the whole um, almost the whole third act. Yeah. where they're kind of explaining what's yeah, happening, yeah, yeah. and like the you know the master plan about the Kens, I felt like it was explained like four times. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, I get it, you know. Yeah, like, but then, I, yeah, I, I don't. A know little, a little.
0: I mean, they did a lot of showing, right? We say our best when they're showing and not telling. They did a lot of yeah. showing, but but a lot of telling with the showing that I think. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, but like then I was reading stuff. It's like, dude, I have no idea what was going on during that part, and I'm like, okay. I guess she needed to do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, cause it is like, she made a movie for 10 year olds. Like, yeah. The widest
0: possible. Yeah, Six year olds. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: And not in the way that Pixar will make a movie no. where it's like enjoyable for the parents, but
0: it's like, this is for parents. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, this is, uh, I, I mean like there is that incredible, well there's two, there, to me there's two, there's two big signals of who this is for, which is like 30 something millennials. Um, one is Depression Barbie, the Depression Barbie ad, yeah, which that was special, which is. <laughs> And was, I heard groans from the women in the audience. Oh, yeah, because they like, were seeing themselves, right? Like, Ugh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yep, yeah. yep. Incredible, incredible. Then the,
1: and then, if there were men, there would be groans during the Ken. Yeah, yeah, uh,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Godfather song, the Godfather. The beach oh my gosh! Well, well and, and that's the other moment. What, what, I'll play guitar and stare into your eyes awkwardly <laughs> for hours. Well, the depression Barbie, and then and then that she just uses the actual footage of the BBC Pride and Prejudice which is yeah. like so era specific like and and like like it's so canonical but like like all of my like female friends in college like that's oh what God. they watched like yeah i i can A- i can any time i do like like guys
1: night yeah. where i go somewhere yeah. and sarah's home bar it's yeah. like Pride and Prejudice is on TV when I come back.
0: It is automatic. I mean, that is so. When I got specific. back from Oppenheimer, it was Pride and <laughs> Prejudice. Literally, no. I'm not lying. Oh no, my gosh, yeah. that's incredible. Well, and then and then the the other moment is is with all the Kens, which is the Kens mansplaining The Godfather. Incredible, truly amazing. Right. You're I like, felt, ouch. I felt I felt very seen, um, and because like, yes. Yes, that has been me. I, I mean, like, mm-hmm. like very literally, that movie. Yes, that's been me, and uh, and then all the Kens playing the Matchbox Twenty song uh, mm-hmm. on their guitars, and except because I grew up in like youth group church culture where. It wasn't Matchbox 20. those guitars. Uh, <laughs> I mean, like... Just look at you all they play <laughs> You him. came to youth group and any given week there would be six... I went to a Christian college. <laughs> <laughs> six dudes oh, with acoustic guitars. You went on... Like, you know... I, oh my gosh. My favorite thing, we'd go to like youth, youth camp or whatever and like we didn't have enough room in the trailer for all the dudes' guitars that were brought, right? Unnecessarily and just sitting around playing... You know, it was, I don't remember what it was for By us. The way, um, I play A lot of Hey There, Delilah. That was kind of like my age, right? Um, oh, yeah. And John Mayer. I'm um, just, just. John Mayer had a stranglehold <laughs> oh, yeah, on yeah, the yeah. men in our youth group. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, he did. Oh, man. Um, and, and I'm just like, I, like, like, I've never seen this on film before. That, that's what I was thinking. I was sitting there like, I've never felt so seen in this specific way in a movie before. Like, yeah, like she is bringing real observation. It into is like this. a sniper. And just with, with no, with no like concern that's that younger people weren't going to get it. Like, Oh, she, you know, she's using right. this 25 year old matchbox 20 song, right? No concern about that because it's so, we've talked about this recently on the podcast of, the specificity is what what makes this accessible and so successful. Even if you don't know
1: the song, yeah. it's so funny. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. And if you do know the song, it's a richer text. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It,
0: truly, um, it was amazing. It just just incredible. Can we talk about Ryan Gosling and Ken? But uh, first of all, careful now. <laughs> Margot Robbie, amazing. I, me and Sarah
1: are gonna see it together yeah. soon. Yeah. Um, we're gonna have some babysitters, and so, because that's the thing. I'm I can go to a movie by myself. That's how I'll spend like. An evening yeah Um, but but Sarah's like that does not sound fun yeah and she really wants to see it and I cannot wait to see it again because now that I know the scope of it I'm excited to watch Margot's performance again yeah have a because you go in you're like all right is this gonna be like a total goof of a Barbie you know because you have these associations of Barbie and then when you think about like what she's been tasked to do in that movie like okay this is a lot trickier than it seems on the surface oh yes Yes, you know, so I'm, I'm it, excited for the
0: rewatch. It, it is such a fine line between like Barbie is not dumb. I, actually, that's part of the point. Is Barbie's like yeah. the the Barbies are all smart. They're physicists and doctors and presidents. Right, but ordinary Barbie, which is like stereotypical
1: you know, Barbie. Sorry, yeah, yeah, stereotypical Barbie, which is the uh, you know Plato's cave. That you know, uh-huh. it's like oh, you have even less to kind of lean into. Yes, with this, you know, yeah,
0: there's less association. Like, yeah, and, and, and so it's easy to assume like, oh, she's dumb or whatever, or, or it's like, there needs to be a
1: vapidness. Mm-hmm. Yes. But like, cause a, she is a, a doll at the same
0: time. She, it, it, yeah. Like, because ultimately she is a doll. Like the movie is clear. This is not a human, right? That, right? There's that great scene where she walks up to what she thinks is going to be a group of women at a construction site because the Barbies do all the construction in Barbie land and it's a bunch of men right. and she states very uh, well and, and and i'll tell you this is why this is why the performance and the writing for this character is so good because they're like kind of catcalling barbie and, and really being disgusting to her right mm-hmm. yeah and and i would tell if you had said what's the next line what's what's barbie's reaction going to be to this based on every movie i've seen i would right. have assumed she would misunderstand what they were saying that she would not understand that they are being just right. incredibly... We, we
1: expect her to go into the real world and be a doofus. Yes. Like, we are expecting elf. Yeah. Uh, you know? Oh, great great analogy, yeah. right? Yeah. We, Which, I mean, he's in the movie. Um, yeah. But yeah, so that, and it was so refreshing that that was not the case. Like, when she first walks up to the daughter... And gets roasted by her. Yes. You know, you think it's the elf effect of like, I'm just going to be your friend no matter what. And like, no matter what you say, I don't even hear the words because I'm built and made out of sugar, you know? Uh huh. Yes. Yes. And it's like, Oh no, she's affected by it immediately, you know? And, and here, and is like understanding of what she's saying. She's like, no, we're not the fascists. It's like, Oh, you know what a fascist is, even though you're in Barbie world.
0: Yeah, you what know? did she say? She she called me a fascist, but I don't run the railways or control the means of production. I was <laughs> dying at that. No one's laughing. <laughs> me too. Oh, that was my so, so, so funny. But um,
1: there, yeah, just but, it could but, have so easily gotten off
0: but that's, track. But she it, uses you know. that joke to show you Barbie smart, right? And and the construction worker thing too. She understands that they are, they're kind of verbally assaulting her, right? And her response is to say, "I should, I should tell you, I don't have any genitalia, <laughs> right?" And and like that's a, <laughs> and neither does he, and <laughs> neither does he to Ken, right? And like, He's like I got all the genitals, <laughs> <laughs> and like, it, it's both like, boy, and this is like, like just the economy of her script is, okay, this this is. This is hugely informative about who this character is. She's sharp and yep. smart, and yep. and they are still dolls. So now we're actually getting into the kind of the, 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 the metaphysical uh, aspect. The, yeah, the metaphysical, the metaphysicality <laughs> of this, right? Yeah. And
1: the metaphysicality. Um,
0: and it's still funny. It's still very funny. Um, yeah. So it's just so smart to not have yeah. her be. Like, you know, airheaded. Yeah. yeah. The other moment I think of is when she's in the, they're trying to put her in the box at the Mattel company. And then yeah. like right before the twist ties, which I thought was a very nice touch, like go around her wrist. She like pulls out and says, oh, I need to use the bathroom. And there was again a moment where I doubted Barbie. And I thought, oh, oh boy, she just got out um, just right. in her vapidness of using, needing to use the bathroom. And then it's very right. quickly apparent she knew all along what they were doing and she's trying to escape. And it, like and just for some
1: self-critique here, isn't it interesting we assume yes. she'd be dumb? Yep. Because she's a, you know, a blonde doll. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's like, oh, every other association in movies, especially, of this archetype, it's like, they're dumb. And it's like, oh, this movie is teaching you from the beginning. Barbie has always meant like, endless possibilities yep. and, like, competency yep. for women. Yep. <laughs> you know? And then as a man, just seeing, like, pink glitter box... Like yep. Barbie Dream World commercials, you're like, Ugh. yes, you know, and so that's the assumption going in. It's like,
0: oh, damn it! <laughs> it is so subversive, and I yeah. think she you, you intentionally think that you're like maybe
1: slightly this. above some of those assumptions. No. It's like, sorry, buddy, <laughs> like, damn it! <laughs> like, I wonder if we had a woman on the pod. She's like, why would you assume that?
0: <laughs> I'm wondering why I assume these things, right? I mean, it, but yeah. but. The reason I assume these things is because every other movie I've because watched, I learned patriarchy because <laughs> I learned patriarchy. Uh, it's something about horses. Uh, um, every other honestly, once I learned that horses weren't a part of it, I got way less interested. <laughs> uh, uh, every other movie I've seen has conditioned me to think a certain way about this character. I mean, I'm thinking about like like the... think about Barbie, literally Barbie in Toy Story. Yes, <laughs> you know, like she's
1: not dumb in that movie, but there, there is like a you know, uh, there's like a level of ditziness, yes. you know,
0: yes, yeah, and and like she seems like the Barbies in the store seem to be the the only toys in the Toy Story franchise that are not self aware, right? Like, right? Like, like, like okay that's kind of a weird thing now thinking back on it right um but i I think about i think about the tyra banks movie life size Do you remember this Mm -hmm. (laughs) i mean but like like that is a doll that comes to life and then the whole movie is like her being like a fish out of water story right yes (laughs) and then falling in love with the daughter's dad or something but i'm not real yes it's crazy Um, another totally refreshing thing about this movie Barbie is totally uninterested in Ken uh, right. amazing just because again th- you, you think of like the- because of
1: Ken what do you mean because of Ken because huh you said because again
0: and I'm saying oh, because of Ken oh, okay great yeah, that's good. We're going to start getting the yeah, Ken. we're going to get to uh, the Ken puns because there are many in this yeah. movie. Um, which I do think is like a funny thing that like Ken's primary humor uh, is like <laughs> yeah. built on puns, which is like kind of like low humor, right? Great stuff. But hold on, I got to get my Ken band. Uh, <laughs> head, head band. Yeah. All right. Gosh, I lost my train of thought. Um, oh, yeah, she's not interested in Ken. And you right. think about the, the, the lesser ways the script could have gone and it would have been, like a love story with a a romantic comedy with barbie and Ken, right and and it's like the movie's not interested in that okay so talking about i think and all that to say i think what margot brings to this is pretty singular and and she has i mean there's that the, the the joke that landed the best in my theater by far except for the one guy who was the one man who was just loudly laughing for about 20 seconds when barbie said she called me a fascist he thought that was very funny um the, <laughs> there was when the narrator when barbie's talking about how she's not beautiful anymore and mm. the narrator if the movie freeze frames the narrator says note to the filmmakers this is a hard point to get across when you cast margot robbie right Our the are right. the theater laughed I mean, their theater lost it at that moment. Zero people laughed at that. That's amazing. Opinion. That is amazing. <laughs> That's incredible. That's absolutely crazy. Um, Listen, Reading <laughs> audiences just, they hit different. <laughs> okay, I guess so. The The movie depends so much on this one person. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it, gosh, it's just amazing that Oppenheimer came out the same day because, like, same, right? Same, same. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, like, Oppenheimer's three hours of Killian Murphy's face and, and, and that makes or breaks the movie. And Barbie is two hours of Margot Robbie basically. And like mm-hmm. her ability to hold your attention and be charismatic in every single moment. It just sells, sells everything about this character and performance.
1: And it allows Ryan Gosling to have the time of his life.
0: Truly, truly <laughs> just what a gift. Ryan Gosling is uh, as yeah, Ken um, and, <laughs> What a gift he received getting this role. I, I cannot imagine how much fun it was to do this. I've, I've never seen anyone have more fun in a role in my life. <laughs> it is almost like...
1: like He contains multitudes. It, it is almost... We, we, we watch Drive and then we watch Ken. <laughs>
0: um, from Lars and the Real Girl to... Um, uh, to uh, He's now the doll. Um, uh, uh, do you ever see Lars and the Real Girl? Uh, no Uh, the the premise is like this small town in the midwest in the middle of winter and he uh, gets a blow up doll a blow up sex doll oh I've seen I've seen the posters yeah yeah. it's a very sweet movie but um, it it is it was there were moments where I thought this is like almost the moment of an SNL sketch where the uh, the host is going to break because what they're getting to do is so funny Mm -hmm. and and I felt like I'm just waiting for him to break character truly amazing from from basically start to finish.
1: I mean, I think you had the best take I've heard on Ken that we talked earlier.
0: Is this the after? Well, okay,
1: so uh, let's let's address the the Ben Shapiro in the room, which is patriarchy. This film hates men, Yeah. right? Okay, sure. I guess. Well, I mean, like if you're gonna be basic about your viewing of this, yeah, and you and you don't watch a lot of movies, you could come away from that movie being like, damn, like what the heck? But. I mean, it, I mean, that's a criticism that I keep seeing from the movie. Yes, and, and it couldn't be more off. Yep. But like, Ken Ken has a bit of an arc. Doesn't have a personality or an identity outside of Barbie. So when he goes to the real world and discovers patriarchy. Yep. And he takes that back to Barbie world. Ken, it's it's Ken land. It's Ken kingdom. It's Kendom. It's Kendom. Yep. Yeah. It's Mojo Casa. It's called Mojo Dojo Casa <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, yeah. and I'm watching this like, dude. I kind of want to hang out with the Kens. <laughs> yep, yep, for sure, for sure. <laughs> and it, it's so lampooning
0: and, and, and funny. And, and what happens is the Kens have now taken over. Sure. And they're the president. They're the Supreme Court. Um, they they now have all the jobs. And the Barbies are. What I don't remember the Exists beer only in brusky. To yeah. And they're like yeah. serving them. And it's like physicist Barbie is just there to serve beers at the beach. And President Barbie is there serving beers. Right. Like, yeah. So
1: you could be like, oh, uh, you can read this as she's saying the real world is actually like this. Yeah. You know, it is the Ken Land thing. Yeah. And men are like this. And aren't they horrible? But it's so ridiculous. Obviously, not what she's going after. I actually think that she has, like we said, a ton of sincerity for both genders
0: in this movie a hundred percent i think there is a lot of like feminist material in this movie but i think ultimately it is not first a feminist critique of culture right i think it i think it's actually trying to do something a little bit deeper and a little bit wider and you know to me because 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 right ken learns about patriarchy in the real world there's this extraordinarily funny sequence when ken is in century city in la and like just realizing the importance of men like he watches these like these like pro dude like agents at a talent agency like basically bossing their assistant around <laughs> he's yeah, and he's mimicking yeah so he's like i'd like you know? to talk to the doctor please yeah she's like i am the doctor he's like uh, <laughs> the male doctor. where's the man? you know and that moment's in the trailer and i thought it was in the trailer i was like oh is that like how ken thinks about the world but no no that's what ken has learned about the world do you see right. the difference? Right.
1: The very little that he's learned.
0: Yes. This is him, like, coming into the world, and he learned something very quickly about it. You know, and then there, then he's, like, those giant TV screens in Century City, and it's, like, this, like, picture, giant, you know, floor to ceiling. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Bill Clinton. It was when Bill Clinton was on the screen that I was, like, laughing out loud. Um, yeah. <laughs> he's, like, <"Hell> yeah. <laughs> yes. And, and, and it is so over the top. Um and obviously there's a point to that and right. um and then he takes this like very limited and skewed understanding of this with him back to the real world back to Barbie oh, Excuse me back to Barbie Land and becomes it becomes Kendom and the Kens have moved into the Barbie dream houses because the Kens didn't have anywhere to live before and um, and basically the you know patriarchy reigns in Barbie Land right? right and and you know there's this like funny idea about how the the Barbies never had to deal with this before. So they didn't have a immune system built up against patriarchy. Right. And so they just like, didn't know how to handle it. Accepted right. It yeah, yeah. They accepted it immediately. Yeah. so this was my take. Gosh, another
1: razor sharp yep. line or observation yeah. from her, like similar to the, uh, there's no undertones of violence yeah. for Ken, but there yeah. is for Barbie. And you're like, Damn. Oh yeah. Damn. Yep. And when Ken's noticing all the men in the world, that they rule the world, yeah. and then they walk up to the high school and they're like, Oh, it's this high school. He's like, Oh, with the logo of the man on a horse. Yes. <laughs> and you're like, Whoa. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah just, it's probably pretty uh, oppressive. Yep. The amount of like images like that that you don't even think about, yep. you know? Yep. You're like, Oh, yeah, man on a horse, man on a horse. Like, a man is the name of the high school, you yep. know? Yep. Just over and over and over. Like, damn. Just like a one layer like passing
0: thought that's like opening your eyes. The woman coming up to him, excuse me, sir, do you know what time it is? And and, and it's like this person expressing respect to him, mm-hmm. just like he doesn't know what to do with it. Right. It's such a funny... like these are funny things. But then but she uses them in a way to show you like you said, it's just a man on a horse, of course it is. Right. So he goes back to Barbie Land and you know, and there's a lot of And patriarchy
1: is very popular amongst uh, the Kens. Well, no, it's very specific in Barbie world. It yes. is lots of horse imagery. Yes, they're it's all basically cowboys. It's lots of rock and roll. Yep. Like playing keyboards. Yep. It's a lot of like dress up
0: yes. still. Yes, it is. You know.
1: Yes, it is. And this kind of segues into your observation
0: that we talked about. Yeah. So and 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 cuz I recognize I I've heard the critique. This hates men and she just portrays men really negatively and I've heard men who've been offended by this movie. Now, I I will say I saw myself in this, the Godfather stuff, right? Yeah. That's me. Hello, I'm right here. It did not offend me. Right. I totally. am mature enough to recognize that and laugh along. That that is yeah. what I do. And, you know, whatever. But if Greta if Greta Gerwig was truly like anti men, wanted to kind of really be like mean spirited about it, bringing patriarchy into Barbie land would have made all of the Kens angry, meathead. Andrew Tate. Yeah, basically, yes, right? Like, yeah. Like, like, but like, and like specifically intentionally oppressive to the Barbies. Yeah. And, 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 and like putting them down and, and that kind of like bullying. Right? Like Mm -hmm. just really kind of like angry, misogynistic bro culture. Okay? Right. And there's plenty of that in the world for her to observe and then put into Ken's patriarchy. Okay? She could have totally done that. What I observed, patriarchy made all of the Kens become nine to twelve year old boys. (laughs) Yeah. They're also they're basically all preteens. And, and there were about a dozen moments in this movie where, especially during that middle section, where I looked at Megan, we shared a look, and we said, that's our son, who is nine, and who is, I, I will just say this about my son, um, there, there was a moment, that this was well, also my son has a weird obsession with watches, my, my Apple Watch, my three-year-old Apple Watch recently broke, it's, it's bricked, it's dead, it won't turn on, and I was going to throw it away, and he said, no, I'd like to keep that, I want to wear it. Just to wear it. Just to wear it. And and there's a moment where Ken has about six watches on his wrists. <laughs> right. Okay, he just wanted to wear it. Like, he just, hell yeah. He just wanted to be cool, feel cool, and wear an Apple Watch. And I said, it won't work. He said, I know, but it looks cool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and and there's a moment where Ken is shirtless, wearing a mink cape uh, around his shoulders, um, sitting there hunched over with a Casioke—I think it's a Yamaha keyboard—not uh, not playing it but pressing the buttons to play the preloaded tracks and like bopping his head along. Okay. I'll tell you that exact, that exact tableau happens in my house a couple times a month. It's not a mink cape. It's not a mink cape. It's usually a towel (laughs) and it's usually after it's usually near bedtime because he just throws on some pajama bottoms, which is kind of what Ken was wearing and it still has a towel wrapped around his neck and he sits there with the Casio. He yeah. is rocking the Yamaha keyboard to the preloaded tracks uh, that we have uh, because he doesn't know how to play keyboard. And Last time we came over, he's like, check this out. He just hits <laughs> yeah. <the> beats. Literally, <laughs> literally you, nice. you have seen my nine year old do this. I think he, he's, <laughs> he's probably built like Ryan Gosling is in this movie, also. So there was some element of like my nine-year-old my nine-year-old's pretty he's pretty muscular so kind of he's like shredded yeah yeah he's pretty shredded so like there's, there's some visual similarities too um and and it was that but it was like everything it was just like a total like oh patriarchy isn't about horses never mind that's right that's a that, 10 year old right that's one of
1: the beautiful moments where he's like you know once i learned it had nothing to do with horses i got way less interested and it's like yeah that's
0: not a writer who hates men no no it is not you know I, I, I yeah. you know, I heard, I read in an, inter, an interview with Greta where that somebody was asking her about that Matchbox Twenty song, and they were kind mm-hmm. of making fun of the song, and, and oh, did you mean this as a critique of this song, which is kind of like a problematic song if you listen to the lyrics, yeah. And Greta says, no, 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 I would never put anything in one of my movies unless I actually loved it. That's what she mm-hmm. said. I, I, you know, it's it's the it's the way she uses that Dave Matthews song in Lady Bird, which is like, yes. Yeah. Funny, like it's a funny yeah. moment, but like actually she loves that song and there's such a sincerity to it. Um, yeah, it's easy to look at the past and be like, oh boy, that was cringe or yes. whatever you want to
1: say. It's like, yeah, but it meant something to you yeah. then. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that means something now.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, it's you can't, I, I just don't think you can read this. I understand how you can. I just don't think, I don't think ultimately the movie is saying you should read this as a, you know, a, a hatred towards men. Yeah, because to me it was ultimately uh, the the limited understanding of the real world. It was like, it, you know, it's like it's like when my nine year old gets twenty dollars from his grandma, and it's like I've got to go spend this, and I'm rich, right? Like, right. That's the view of the world, and, and that's what I saw in the Kens, and and it's not because they're dumb or whatever. They're they're vapid dolls, though. Um, yeah. And ultimately, the, you know, we could talk about the America Ferrera speech about about feminism and, and being a woman and the, the kind of inherent contradictions and tensions in that. But yeah. but then, but the ultimate kind of resolution to that plot line is the Barbies retaking over Barbie land. And then also recognizing like, Hey, maybe we were oppressing the Ken's, right? Maybe they should actually have houses to live in. <laughs> right. Maybe like we don't need
1: girls night every night. Yes. Yeah.
0: A- so ultimately, yeah, that,
1: that's that's the thing. I've, like, again, there is such a love and sincerity for everything and everyone in her movie.
0: I have one more thing from the movie that I really want to talk about. Is there anything else you want to talk about? I mean,
1: part of it was just how fun and, like, how, how like, it kind of opened my eyes how fun a movie could be. Oh, my gosh.
0: I can't remember the last time I had this much
1: fun in this way at the movie. Yeah, because like, even, like, a really great comedy or. I don't know. Like, when I look at my list of movies, top movies from the past couple yeah. of years, they're all fairly intense, yeah. you know? Yeah. But, yeah. like, you can do fun without being stupid, you know? Yeah. And, like, yeah. I've been thirsty for that. And, yeah. like, so thankful uh, for a movie like this.
0: I mean, I mean, to me, I can't name a comedy in the last, like, five to seven years that I right. watched and loved. I mean, I'm well, sure there are I mean, good ones, but or, or yeah, this kind that, of outside of,
1: and even outside of comedy, it's like you know, I don't find the new Transformers movie fun. Yeah, that might be fun for a lot of people. It's not fun for me. Yeah, and so th- that's a like a tough feeling to pull out of me at the theaters. Yeah, or at the movies. I there's a lot of other things that get pulled out. That's great, but yeah, like I wasn't used to that. Like, oh man, I'm just having like a really fun time right now. Yeah. And like what a treat that is, and how rare it is to like thread that needle. Yeah. Um, I had a couple problems with it, which sure. kept me going full on with my score, which we'll talk about later. But yeah. overall, like it was just very unusually delightful. Yeah. It was refreshing. Yeah.
0: I mean, it was totally yeah. refreshing. I, I, Greta Gerwig is making this look easy at this point. Mm-hmm. And I know oh, this yeah. was not an easy movie to make, but it feels, it feels effortless.
1: Yeah. That's the other thing. Little Women is like actually kind of fun. Like the pace and rhythm of it. She's
0: good. I know. So I want to talk about. Honestly, uh, White Noise was fun. (laughs) uh, Yeah. Again, Greta Noah. Yes. My God. Uh, Boy, and White Noise, the real anti-Barbie. Yeah. uh, This kind of anti-capital consumeristic culture. Um, So I I want to talk about one more thing that really is is just kind of like, I can't stop thinking about this aspect of the movie and what she's trying to say. It's ultimately the ending. Mm Mm-hmm. And, 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 and I kept taking to t- people, I was at, you know, I was at church family camp all week and, and I would mention the Barbie movie and they're like, Oh, you, you saw it. I'm like, yeah, I loved it. And they're like, really? And then this was what I would say. I, I, I'd say, Oh, you know, actually I think it's actually a, a pretty close reading of, of kind of very familiar biblical stories. And I think, and I think Greta, Greta has recreated, she's, she's doing a retelling of Adam and Eve in the first 30 minutes and and, and then, and then using, using kind of feminist critique of culture as a way to actually like kind of sneak in larger themes about humanity and our relationship with ourselves and our relationship with our creator. Right. Wow. And that to me, like if we're talking scores, we'll get there in a minute. If there are parts that don't work for me and, and maybe there are, and there definitely are, right. There, there, yeah. there are moments or whatever. Uh, to me, it's like, Oh, you, Oh, you got this in. Right. I don't care. It's a five star movie, like. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You,
1: you know, there's a part of your brain that wants to be like, okay, so how does that work? Oh yeah, yeah what, totally. What she goes totally. from a doll, to, and you're like, all yeah. right. If you're asking that question at this point in the movie, yeah. I mean, I don't know how we lost
0: you an hour and a half ago. It, it, so, so I say the Eden thing. The, the movie opens with. Yeah. Basically, Ken and Barbie are Adam and Eve, except it's reversed. You know, Barbie's yeah. Adam, and um, and and Ken's the accessory. Right? Like you often hear. Um, uh, people refer to Eve as the helpmate that God created, right. which is a, a, often a condescending translation, I think, but, um, and, and, Ken's the accessory to Barbie and they live in, in this perfect, in this perfect world. And that's, right. that's the Lizzo song. And then something ruptures that perfection. Right. And Barbie literally has to exile herself from, from paradise. Adam and Eve are exiled because of this disruption. Because mm-hmm. because because sin you know that's a, a biblical word whatever has has infected and is actually affecting Barbie she she she's she's breaking she's breaking but but the way that she breaks is she starts thinking about death okay so that's right. a consequence of of the fall in in Adam and Eve in this story of Adam and Eve um she she has shame about her body okay um hello Adam and Eve they realized they were naked and they were right. ashamed for her it's her cellulite and her flat feet, okay? Right. But she is ashamed of these things. Right. And she has to exile herself out of this and, in, and then into an increasingly evil <sighs> world to, to to deal with it, right? Where 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 the movie kind of departs from well, it departs and then actually I think returns to is the climax of the movie. That I'd say like the climax is the Nerf battle on the beach and then the dance song and dance number with the Kens. Sure. Um, Incredible stuff. Again, nine-year-olds are the ones who do Nerf battles, but whatever. The, the denouement of the movie, the resolution, is, is Barbie having that otherworldly conversation with the ghost of, of the Barbie creator, the Barbie inventor. Right. And like this is creator-creature conversation. Mm-hmm what's my purpose and the i think the ultimate message of the movie is uh, i think there is a there is a reading of this movie that is the messiness of humanity the complexity of emotion the complexity of human relationships is is hard it's always going to be hard but it is so much better than the plastic worlds of perfection that we've created for ourselves right I think there's a way of actually looking at this as kind of a critique of like online culture, of, yeah. of creating for ourselves these worlds, well, you know, Instagram, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, the
1: gender stereotypes that she plays with the movie is like so reinforced and even like like that's where people trick themselves into this type of thinking is online. Yes,
0: yes. Oh, absolutely. All of that is reinforced in those spaces, but it's also the place where we think we're going to find freedom because it's where I can control everything and create a perfect version of myself and and the the invitation of the film is embrace the messiness of being human right right and and that is you know where she stops sort of a short of a kind of a, a, a more one-for-one one analogy of scripture is right right the bible actually invites us invites it a step further and says yeah, yeah there is an inherent messiness in this and that's 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 okay because God has now made a way for us to be reconciled and, and healed of that of, of the fall and, and, and that. and the new thing that is going to be created is actually even better. And, and that I think is also what they're trying to do at the end too with right Like the, it, it's not it can't be patriarchy and it can't be feminism. It has to be this something new um, forged out of this. Okay. and when she's new, she has genitals. <laughs> yes she does and she's not so ashamed she's ashamed yeah. no longer it's, uh, it's the final moment truly incredible did your theater laugh no no it's amazing it's and amazing of course i after. can't
1: laugh there's much of, like i'm the only guy amazing
0: just brutal uh totally caught me by surprise you think you're she's at a job interview or something
1: oh yeah you think she's oh i'm gonna work at mattel and you're like all right i guess that's an ending and then no no it's, it's just so good she so knows where your head's at. She's I like, know.
0: I oh I would, oh you think I I'm know. gonna go do this? I know, and and I say all that about kind of these 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 old this old story right of, of yeah. Um, I know
1: mean, it's it's there. For it, sure. it, it, it
0: is totally there. And I and I and I had been thinking about it a lot. And I was like, I think this is here. And I actually did find an interview with Greta where somebody had kind of brought up. It feels like paradise. It feels like you know Eden or whatever. And she's like, Yeah, that's the point. That's, that's what we do. We, we need to go back to these old stories. Um, yeah. And because it says something about humanity and redemption, right? That's the ultimate arc of, of this story. Right. Um, and that's amazing. That's amazing that she did that. And everything else we talked about, we've been talking about for an hour and a half in the Barbie
1: movie. I <laughs> know. It's like, you couldn't think of a more commercial IP. No, no, literally. She's like, what if I went to the
0: pinnacle? Uh, truly tr- I, mean, I mean you would be hard pressed to think of a more stereotypically st- a more stereotypical symbol of consumer capitalism than barbie air jordans <laughs> yeah we got that movie this year right <laughs> a bit less successful than barbie yeah yeah yeah, yeah i mean yes i i so uh, this is why if you want to move on to segments really quick yeah let's do it what did you drink anything tonight Ice cold tap water. Oh, very nice. I had a cup of coffee. This is, excuse me, a damn fine cup of segments. First first cup of coffee back in my house after a couple weeks. It was very nice. The best. Alright, what are our segments? Do we start with letterbox review? I think so. Go. Five stars, baby. Five stars, baby.
1: Five stars Barbie. Five stars, Barbie. <laughs> Five stars Barbie. As expected. I gave it that four and a half. Yeah. Again, I don't know why I felt like it was a little wordy at points. I get it. Yeah, starting yeah. to lose me. To me, like the little women or ladybird scripts are so tight, you yeah. know? And I can only blame Noah for yeah. you know, yeah. co writing yeah. on this thing. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. As soon as she gets a man in there to co write with
1: her, it gets a little mansmith. <laughs> Thanks for canning it up, <laughs> Noah. But yeah, it's it's still probably the best thing I've seen this year so far. But I haven't yeah. seen past lives, so we'll see. Yeah. I then, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, we just talked about it for an hour and a half. So yeah. We probably don't need to justify our yeah. scores, but... I, I, I
0: would say I really didn't want to give it five stars because I've given five stars to our two previous movies. And uh, I couldn't help myself. I, I, I think, like, if you asked me to rank them, it'd probably be third. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, 100%. But... But it's but, undeniable. I mean, you know, it's 200% and a 99. I don't know. I, I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. It, it just uh, blew, me, blew me away. Do you have a favorite shot? A favorite shot... I mean, I have to watch it again. It's such a it's such a visually dense movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and and there are like sight gags that I found really funny. You know, there there's stuff that I found really beautiful. Like you, I think you would mentioned. I don't know what's your favorite
1: shot. that stuck out my mind are when the FBI calls the Mattel guy and they have that yeah. split down the middle. Yeah. Um, which it, is pretty cool. Like matches the line of the cubicle. Yeah, and just yeah. reference to that movie you talked about earlier, which is cool. Yeah. And then yeah. um, the shot of the creator's apartment. Yeah. Um, yeah, I forget her name but yeah. when she's like walking down that long black hallway it's pretty cool it's funny yeah. my favorite shots are like nothing to do with the Barbie aesthetic Yeah. Um, except for my last one which is like any of the uh, like when they're traveling mot- oh, motifs oh yeah really good yeah. yeah. especially I mean I'm sure you've seen the practical effects <laughs> that those were because I, I assume they were CGI and then you're like oh wow she's yeah. doing it right yes yeah, she uh, is when they go from Barbie world to the real world there's all these like rollerblading camping Boating movements and, and, and almost like pieces, almost like high school theater kind of construction yeah. cardboard paper diorama. Yeah, sort diorama of thing. feeling. Yeah, like Barbie World's definitely a visual feast, but those are just like mm-hmm. like the dessert at yeah. the end. It's like yeah. they're so tasty.
0: Uh, I I want to see it again just to like uh, focus myself on the background and all the shots in Barbie Land. I just yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, but I also love the way she she then uses color in the real world and like mm-hmm. Barbie and Ken are these two colorful things that stick yeah. out. And I mean, she's just, it's, it's really masterful. So, and it really
1: makes you like, damn real world. kind of sad. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. And, and it's like it's Santa
0: Monica, it's the beach, right? It's like yeah. this very, is, just grayed out. What we think it was this really vibrant place, uh, but she uses that really well. So, okay. Favorite shot. We did letterbox. What else? Uh, unsung hero, unsung hero. Yeah. Who you got? I know uh, you got someone, you know, I oh, go- I know my guy. Okay, okay, okay. Hundred percent. I-, I think I gotta go with um, weird Barbie on this one. Okay, great. I, I think uh, like like just the right amount of use of her too, not overdone. Uh, small doses, huge delivery. Loved it.
1: That's a good one. Yeah. My favorite, easily, is the exec that has like we need ideas that no one's ever thought of before. And he's like, a, 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 two, a choir of 2,000 young dads. That was one of them. The other one was a podcast where two old trees talk to each other.
0: Okay, like, you know what? Dude, these lines, <laughs> stupid. Okay, my other unsung hero is... The husband of the America Ferrari oh, character, yeah. Duolingo. Who, spends, who spends the entire movie in, in very small doses on Duolingo. I was amazing. like, this guy's me, but I'm in a different a, way.
1: Yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. It's, it's like, if, he's fine. Yeah, if you leave me to my devices, I'm fine. So, right. <laughs> Just it's leave like, me in a room with a, a, oh a game or an activity.
0: <laughs> oh amazing. amazing. Um, just a choir like, of young dads, like, like really, like really nice guy, but like you know, just doing his weird dad thing. And I feel like I, I you know, in the in the in the continuum of uh, nine year old glasses, nine year old, yes, he does. I mean, like nine year old Ken to like you know, you know, thirty something millennial dad. I'm like, yeah, there I am. Um, incredible stuff. Uh, okay, Unsung Hero, it, it, what, 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 we have another one, or what? Are we done? I think the last one is whatever else you've been watching lately.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Um, I watched
1: Oppenheimer. <laughs> which we will be talking out on the next episode. But um, I also watched Hiroshima my, Mon Amour. At my recommendation. I say, at your rec, yep. which apparently is a famous movie. Mm-hmm. But um, fa- Early French f- New Wave. French New Wave that um, I vibed with and then i also watched the day after trinity mm. which is the the doc about oppie and i think i think both those movies helped and i i dabbled on threads cuz it's free on youtube and i think all three of those movies helped hone in my problems with oppie
0: for sure mm, okay super excited about our oppenheimer conversation i i'm going to i'm planning on watching hearstream more before we talk yeah. And I did watch threads and I want to save my thoughts on, on that for that conversation. Um, yeah. the, the other thing that I watched, um, if we're talking about maximalist entertainment in Barbie, I did see Mission Impossible Seven. Uh, having and a I rough go at the I, box I office. Know, and, and I don't really know why, other than I guess this 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 franchise has never never been this franchise has never been a super big box office performer. I loved it. I mean, I like really, really loved it. the The stunts in this are are so good, and um, I I don't know. I I just I'm a sucker for it. I get it, um, but I don't I know. Love, popcorn. I, yes, I love popcorn. I yes, I love popcorn. I love movies. I love popcorn. <laughs> Gotta have popcorn in my movies. it's <laughs> yeah. like two kernels. I'm like, yeah, that's all you eat. Get out of here. Um, I love. Uh, I have a lot of concerns about Tom Cruise, but I love that man's enthusiasm for the movies and throwing himself off of cliffs with parachutes. Incredible, the best. So, oh, we great. we just I just rewatched and
1: Sarah watched the first time Babylon. Oh, what did she think of it? She said the end got her. She's like, I was kind of wavering because it was so gross uh, and needlessly gross, and then she said the end just locked me in and like it worked. And I'm like. The, the end yeah, yeah, being,
0: yeah baby. the end <laughs> being manny watching singing in the rain and crying by the way da, da, we, da, da, we da, never da, da. talked about singing in the rain like again I, I mean, there's there's oh, yeah. so many movies right that are directly lifted here and just I mean just I don't know great work we're talk about the dream
1: sequence song with uh, oh, yes love with, that. with the There's just so much good stuff but yeah. again this Oppenheimer monsters lots of fodder for talking so we got to wrap it up here but um hey follow us on instagram at movies while they sleep and leave us a rating and review to get the pod heard by more people we're coming in hot with uh freaking more episodes here barb and heimer back. brought us back from the depths yep and so uh tune in soon for our oppie review and um any final words for, for barbs while we're here You go, Barbie. You go for a walk with no undertones of violence. Yep. And uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Good night, y'all. Bye.